0: Righteous Podcast listeners, party on, Todd. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Welcome to the first and pilot episode of the Party On John cast. This is uh, Reverend Sal Samarco. I'm an ordained Presbyterian minister working in the validated ministry of chaplaincy in Newton, New Jersey as a healthcare chaplain.
1: Awesome. Um, and I'm joined by most excellent. Uh no, I'm not most excellent. Uh I'm uh, Reverend Todd Laddick uh and I am an ordained elder in the Greater New Jersey Conference of the United Methodist Church and I am serving a congregation uh shall I say on higher ground from where you serve you in in uh New, in New Jersey. That's so. the
0: only higher ground I'll give you.
1: <laughs> uh so Today um we are very happy to uh very excited most excited I think to uh bring you this this podcast uh uh so uh yeah so let's talk about the coffee we're drinking the particular That's, brew we're...
0: we uh we are drinking coffee you know Todd you know how um we know that coffee was ordained by God how because he brews it he br- <laughs> Hebrews. Anyway. Uh, okay. okay. Anyway, so I'm enjoying a nice uh, cup of Tim Hortons, uh, medium roast French vanilla. Uh, for those of you folks who don't know what Tim Hortons is, it is a Canadian um, coffee and donut shop. Hey. Hey, what's that about? <laughs> uh, it's uh, essentially is the Canadian version of Dunkin' Donuts, although I think their coffee is uh, far superior to Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. So is that it's, hard? It's not that hard to do <laughs> no, no. Um, But one of the things I like about their Keurig uh, pods is that they are recyclable. Mm. They, ha- they have built into their pods this little tab. So once you've brewed your coffee, and they wisely tell you to let it cool off. Mm. But then you break the tab and you can pull the filter out of the plastic cup and recycle the plastic.
1: They, they tell you to let it cool off probably because they want to avoid a... Lawsuit, oh, right? McDonald's yeah, lawsuit. McDonald's lawsuit. You know, like, ooh, my coffee's hot. Who knew? Um, <laughs> well, on this day of frozen and iced coffees, I guess, I guess, I guess you have more possible. of a more of a uh, possibility of not knowing. But still, uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, and we are uh, because we're in my office right now, uh, up at uh, my church. Uh, uh, we are uh, drinking coffee out of uh, you know. We, we brewed it out of a Keurig, basically, uh, so Instabrew. Yes. But, um, but uh, still, it makes quite a fine cup of coffee, and uh, at some time, I'll have to try your Tim Hortons and it's see how good. how that tastes. I'll, I'll let you have some. Awesome. What are you me. drinking there, Todd? I am drinking uh, Starbucks uh, single Let's see here. It's a, s- a single-origin Colombian coffee, single-origin Colombia, and it's a Starbucks and, yeah, I mean, like, uh, it is really—it's a medium roast, so I, I tend to like their blonde roasts. And there's a little-known secret about blonde roasts. Uh, perhaps you know it, Sal, because you, uh, you are a coffee drinker like me. I am. But the, <laughs> the little-known secret is, though it tastes milder, and, you know, like, the taste of Starbucks sometimes feels like it could put hair on your chest. Mm-hmm. So, though it tastes milder than your average Starbucks— it actually has more caffeine because the roasting process kills off some of the caffeine. Mm. Uh, so, so the the blonde roast. If you really need me a pick me up, go for the Don't weaker for tasting coffee because it it has the pick me up. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. I I I normally do say that I like my my women like my coffee, uh, <laughs>
1: dark and brooding and bitter. <laughs> but um uh so uh yeah so this coffee actually has a nice nice body to it it's uh got a little bit of that signature uh starbucks like burnt edge to it but it's not overly so it's a nice medium roast and um, quite good
0: yeah this tim hortons is very mild uh tim hortons does make and uh duncan as well but i i try not to buy their dark roast but tim hortons does make a dark roast mm. which if you were to to drink it gives you more of that starbucksy taste, that yeah, more bitter, yeah, uh, edge taste,
1: yeah, and uh, uh just so you all know, I drink my coffee black now, uh, I used to put milk in it i've never cared so much about over sweetening it but uh maybe when i was initially getting into coffee as a teenager you know it's like i'll have some coffee with my sugar and milk please uh but but now i just drink it black and i really appreciate a good black
0: coffee i have not gone full black but uh i usually use skim milk uh, because skim milk is very uh, light and as close to water as milk can be. I was so.
1: going to say something, but I'm totally putting the filter on. <laughs> Thank you.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like I know that if you go to Starbucks or to Dunkin' and you tell them put skim milk in your coffee, they put two drops in it. Mm. It's You're essentially drinking black
1: coffee. Black, black coffee just takes a little bit of the edge off. And I, I do like a good coffee with milk in it as well. I'll tell you one of the things I really like that I have been having recently, and yeah, the the Starbucks uh, folks get a little snobbish on this, but it, but they in the end because Starbucks does things as you would like them to do it, mm-hmm. they they concede and do it. But uh, their cold Royale uh, cold foam cascara uh, coffee, it's a cold brew okay. uh, with uh, they take a, t- a non-fat milk and they whip it up into this like like, meringue-looking like uh, foam, and then they, you know, they have put the cascara uh, syrup in it and sprinkle uh, cinnamon, and it's, it's just heavenly, except that I'm vegan. Uh, we can talk about that later. That was preordained by God. Yes. Um, and so... Uh, <laughs> it's totally
0: depraved, if you ask me.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, because there's nothing more graceful than biting into dead flesh. Um <laughs> anyway uh so uh so i asked them to make it with soy milk and they're like well it's not gonna it's not gonna foam up quite the same way and i'm like i don't care i just want it made with soy milk and they're like okay and you know it comes pretty foamed i mean is it exactly foam no does it taste different no No.
0: (laughs) so it's good now i will say that i I do not oppose vegan meals i know there's a, a very good vegan uh restaurant that both Todd and I enjoy. Yes, yes. Um, Veggie Heaven. heaven. Do you think
1: we'll get royalties?
0: I hope so. (laughs) Well, between Keurig and Veggie Heaven, I'm I'm expecting a very nice meal followed by nice coffee.
1: Partner with us. Support our podcast. Support our podcast. It'd be awesome. Uh, So, yeah, if you're ever in the Denville, New Jersey area, go to Veggie Heaven. It is phenomenal. Uh, You will not believe you're eating vegan food. Uh, And all jokes aside, I I know that uh, Sal's an open... He's an open. ally of vegans. I'm open and affirming
0: <laughs> of the vegan lifestyle.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So,
0: so, so kind of going with our, we, um, if you haven't noticed by our party on John Cast uh, name, Todd and I share a couple of things, which is pretty impressive for a, a staunch Calvinist and Wesleyan. We actually get along very well. We do. And, uh, part of that is our our love for heavy metal. Heavy metal. figured we'd share some totally tubular metal bands with you all. Uh, kind of give you an idea of where we got started. Righteous. Uh, totally. <laughs> so, start off myself. Um, we are children of the 80s, mm. um, for sure. I even went into the nomenclature for sure. Mm. But uh, I can remember my very first cassette. Now, you kids listening to this podcast will look at your. Your device or your iPad, and say, "What the heck is a cassette?" A cassette. Well, uh, okay, in the eighties, that was your iPod. Yeah. So, in the
1: in the seventies, it was that eight, it was eight track, eight and track. Uh, in the sixties, there was the cassettes uh, that you put into your typewriter. <laughs> Not quite the same thing. Not <laughs> quite the same thing. But I can
0: remember nineteen eighty eight buying my first album and it was the band Europe. Mm. And it was their final countdown mm. uh, album. And uh, that led me down the road of hair metal and eventually into the realm of thrash metal and mm. bands like Megadeth and mm. Overkill and Metallica and Anthrax. Yeah. And, which then led me down to the road as I you know, became ordained and Wanted to explore more um, theological music and more music that was aligned with my theology and sense of as, as a Christian. I found bands like Phineas, which is a current band that's a metal core, which is uh, kind of a mix between thrash metal, hardcore, punk, and uh, rock.
1: You know what's ironic here? What's that? There is nothing like kill them all in euthanasia (laughs) to send you spiraling to christian metal (laughs) Ah, yeah no (laughs) um yeah so uh yeah awesome so yeah so now
0: did we want to share some backstory on more than just of our musical tastes
1: oh yeah yeah um we're gonna uh yeah we well Well, let's share your your yeah we'll 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 do do that we definitely will go into our backstory um more than just our musical taste, but we'll stick with the musical taste for right now. Um, Okay, so I, God, I've been listening to music for as long as I can remember. I I remember my mom always tells the story and I vaguely remember. You know when you're like three and you vaguely remember things? Mm -hmm. So there's this story about like how I was, uh, and this is going to pain me to admit, but I was uh, uh, at the, they used to have these towers for eight track cassettes. And my mom had all of her stuff stored in there, and I used to pretend that was a pulpit and preach on it, but not this time. This time I was, uh, my mom was in the kitchen doing whatever, and she heard, me a good boy, Mom. Uh Uh-huh, me a good boy. And, you know, at first she didn't think anything of it, but the more I said it, she was like, okay, what is he doing? And she came out, and there I was with her favorite Barry Manilow. Yes, Barry Manilow. Her favorite Barry Manilow tape, just pulling the tape out of the cassette <laughs> on me a good boy, Mom. Uh-huh, me a good boy. Um, <laughs> to which she immediately flipped out, and uh, I realized I was not as good as I thought I was.
0: For you kids under the age of 30, that was... That was uh best way to destroy your cassette tapes.
1: Yeah, I I, I kind of uh I kind of just dated myself, didn't I? You did. Okay. So, yeah, well, so we, we both did. Do, we kind of both did, yeah. So, uh I grew up listening to 8 tracks and uh records, you know. My mom was really into Barry Manilow, so that's a guilty pleasure, for, you know, uh she was really into uh, the Carpenters, I love the Carpenters. Okay, um, and she was into other things, the Eagles and other stuff. So, and she even was had her Christian eight tracks like uh, Mickey and Becky. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, woo hoo! Go check it out. Uh, and, and they actually say woo hoo in their song. So. Uh, um, yeah, it's really, really dated stuff that when you look back on it, you're like, how could anybody ever listen to this stuff? Yeah. Uh, no offense to anybody I just named. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it is really dated. Uh, you know, I'm sure some people still like it because they liked it then. But yep. uh, most kids today would be like, uh... That's horrible. Uh, so, um, so, my first uh, real <laughs> love of a band aside from the carpenters and things my mom listened to neil diamond and all that um my first real love is tattooed on my arm and i remember
0: the wolf moon the wolf
1: (laughs) (laughs) above that uh i think i'm gonna have to have you take a picture of this so we can post it on the notes um but yeah the bon jovi tattoo that i have here from from the album can you guess what album this is off of
0: is that from the Bon Jovi album or the New Jersey album? New Jersey, New album,
1: Jersey. album, album, totally New Jersey, uh, totally tubular New Jersey. Uh, so yeah, I have a Bon Jovi tattooed to my arm, uh, and I remember in 1986 that that song, uh, it was 1984 actually that the song "Runaway" came out. It was 1984. Uh, I was a little young to buy buy Bon Jovi, then, but I do remember that song playing on the radio. I remember liking that band. I remember, in, you know, when I used to play in the yard uh, or, or pretend we were like rock stars, I was Bon Jovi. You know, so when I could buy my first Bon Jovi album on my own, I I did. Um, I remember the first album I got uh, when my parents allowed me to get it uh, uh, was Keep the Faith, which was I was getting toward goodness, uh, I was in high school. I was a freshman in high school. Uh, Before that, I just listened to the radio or whatever my parents had. I didn't really have, um, I guess I had some cassette tapes, and I I may have had Bon Jovi on some cassette tapes as well, but the first album I specifically remember buying is Keep the Faith. And then uh, I uh, just just from that point on have been into, into Bon Jovi. I was really into Bon Jovi before I had that album, but uh, but I now own everything that they they put out. And they're still going. By the way, Hall of Famers, this oh, year, yeah. 2018, finally. It's
0: amazing how much your parents can influence your musical choic- choices. I remember growing up, my father was very much into the Beatles, and my mom was into classical music. hmm uh so it's funny how they that somehow that met in the middle for me with heavy metal. Heavy
1: metal. And and actually heavy the heavy wa- metal is very classic. The way I got into heavy metal itself, you know, so but bon jovi is like the hard rock uh hair metal uh version of that. But I really, really also another thing, uh in fact, yeah, I, I lied. That was the first album of Bon Jovi I got on CD. I used to have a couple of his. I had um, Slippery and Wet or New Jersey or one of those uh, on cassette tape. And the other thing I had on cassette tape in 8th grade was uh, Guns and Roses, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. And then uh, I had um, uh, Metallica yep. and Megadeth. For
0: me yeah. in 8th grade, it was... Uh... First, it was Faith No More.
1: Okay, Faith No More, yeah.
0: And then Megadeth, Euthanasia. Um, And ironically, around the same time, my great-aunt, my mother's aunt, was a retired Methodist pastor. And so they went to a Christian bookstore, and and my mother knew that I was into heavy metal, but... Nope. My great aunt said, no, he has to have some good, wholesome Christian music. Yeah. So they bought me a cassette of White Cross.
1: Ooh, White Cross. Oh, well, yeah. 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 I had to correct the record, by the way, because my mom later will listen to this and smack me around and say, what do you mean I didn't get you, Bon Jovi? You had Bon Jovi before that? So I did, and I also had Poison, uh, you name it. Uh, yeah, uh, Flesh and Blood. <laughs> that's a guilty pleasure anyway uh so yeah so so th- my real introduction to heavy metal was probably through megadeth metallica um and then uh i i remember one day i went i, I got into really into goth music and and industrial and so i was listening to uh shh, don't tell anybody but i was listening to marilyn manson and i was listening to nine inch nails mm-hmm. And uh, that type of stuff. And one day I went to a store and I saw this cover of, uh, 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 it, it was called, the band was called Moonspell. And it was of these two wolves that were like going at each other in a fight. And I was like, oh, and I love wolves, in case you didn't notice that from the tattoo that you'll see. Uh, but I'm like, ah, you know, this is awesome. And so I, I sampled it. Uh, It was at the wall. Remember the wall when you could sample things? So I went in, and I put on the earphones, and you hear, you know, and, like, all this, like, instrumental, uh, like, music, and it's, like, really goth-sounding, real, like, mellow. And then all of a sudden you hear, and I'm like, whoa, and I jumped. I was like, what was that, you know? And I remember, like, it just, like, reverberated through my entire body, and from that moment on, I was like, So I bought that album, then I bought every album Moonspell had, uh, uh, not the most Christian band no. ever, but uh, but they are just super awesome band from Portugal. Yep. And so yeah, I bought I bought them, and then I just got into um, heavy metal, and that eventually, when I when I came back to Christianity, I said to myself, I wonder if there's any metal like that in the Christian world. And that's when I found Zayo, which is a real hardcore. I mean, they're really hardcore, like relentless hardcore. And uh, they make you clear your throat when you <laughs> listen to them. And then, um, and then the and then I found my favorite metal band, Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter. Oh, and so another oh, of your tattoos. Yeah, another one of my tattoos. Uh, boy, I'm going to have to just kind of put my tattoos on display, aren't we'll I? We'll
0: have to uh, take pictures of our tattoos because one of my tattoos also was uh... on the. Is one of is the logo for the band Phineas? Yeah, yeah. It's the Cairo, that's the Greek letters for C and H in Christ. But uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a total tat a total totally tubular tat uh display uh on the notes so that's so that's the the gist of it uh we i think for each uh podcast we will probably discuss uh like a a metal band or a metal song that's like that we're really digging Mm -hmm. in the moment and kind of do a review of it and uh you can check it out
0: yeah Yep. I always have vivid, and this won't be one of those songs we re, re, we review. But I always remember around that age when Ministry and Nine Inch Nails were popular. And <sighs> I got, I bought the album by Ministry. Ministry, yeah. And uh, they had a song called Psalm sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have the juvenile brain like Todd and I do, you can imagine there uh, why they picked sixty nine. <laughs> but it was essentially you hear a preacher say, "Open your Bibles to Psalm sixty nine. And then it goes into the heavy guitars and it just, they repeat over and over and over and over again. Psalm 69, 69, 69.
1: Wait a second. So, so they, they picked 69 because they really liked Brian Adams and the Summer, summer of 69. Of 69 yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Our brains go way more juvenile way, than yes. that. Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> so, I guess we can uh, talk about. Uh, why this podcast why
0: this podcast yeah well uh, as we mentioned both Todd and I we do have in common the the love of heavy metal music the love of tattoos the love of um, Bill and Ted yeah Wayne's World hence the party on most excellent and (laughs)
1: excellent Uh, so um, oh pause time out by the way Bohemian Rhapsody, coming out this year in the theater, the story of uh, Freddie Mercury and Queen. Oh my goodness. So good. Ah, can't wait. Okay, can't wait. sorry. Back to where we were. <laughs> so, <laughs> totally tubular. Dude.
0: Um, so yeah, we both have that in common, and uh, Todd has his own podcast that he has as part of his church ministry, uh, so we've done a, a couple special episodes. Yeah. Very special episode.
1: They're always special with you yes, on it, Sal. So. they are. <laughs> Uh,
0: special Ed. Um, remember, ju- juvenile minds here. Um, but yeah, and we said, they, hey, these are going really, really well. We've got good feedback uh, from ourselves. We got good, I think, some good feedback from some of your church congregants. So, yeah. Good feedback from folks that I've shared it with as well. So we said, you know, we could totally put together a podcast around. Uh, some of our shared uh, interests, heavy metal music, theology. So here's where the theology comes into it. And the, So you're probably all thinking, party on John. Where's that come
1: from? Yeah, and once Sal brought that idea up to me, uh, the first reaction, and Sal can attest for this, the first reaction to doing this podcast was, Whoa, righteous, righteous most right excellent, excellent Theophilus. theophilus. So, uh, <laughs> we, we literally said that in, at the same time in concert yeah
0: totally in concert Um, so if you're wondering where where the name of our podcast comes from we sat here in Todd's office probably for about 45 minutes trying to rack our brains on what a good you know how do we combine our theologies how do we combine our love of 90s and 80s metal comedies and music and you know how do we combine John Calvin and John, john wesley and john knox and john knox uh don't knox it till you try it um <laughs> uh you'll you'll find out uh, i like puns oh me too yeah so um we finally realized party on john party on john because that's
1: i think originally i i came up with how about the john cast the john cast and uh even even our uh my office administrator rachel she looked at me and was like uh probably not the best name you know Mm -hmm. because uh you know is it like the uh, johnny on the spot cast or is it the uh, porter john cast or Mm -hmm. is it the yeah so it was like okay clearly we can't do the john cast because that that's gonna just go in all sorts of wrong directions yeah
0: so that's where we came up with the and so of course wayne's world party on Came to mind, and so we said, "Party on, John," because that way we can both come at it from our respective theologies.
1: Yes, yes, and I am very, very excited to be doing this. Um, uh, Indeed, uh, Sal and I have so much more in common than I think we ever realized when we first met each other. Um, uh, Sal and I both worked for the same uh, same uh, 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 continuing care retirement community. And uh we both worked as chaplains there. I was doing a double uh a double and if you hear clinking in the background by the way, that's us just brewing more coffee because you know, feed the addiction. Oh, yeah. So uh so but we uh oh listen to that. Hi, my name is Sal and I'm a coffee addict. <laughs> Here. Yes, listen to that beautiful sound of brewing coffee. Just give it three seconds. By the way, we're very ADHD. Um, <laughs> so we are both literally staring at the coffee. Machine. Yes, it's it's coming. And it's and three, two, one, one point zero point five. Ah, there we go. Oh. Beautiful. So <laughs> now, now, Sal. So, uh, yeah. So we were, you know, thinking, um, uh, you know that that we you know we really were working at the same place and and uh, and we got to know each other that way but but as we got to know more and more about each other we realized that we both like uh, we both love heavy metal we both have a very similar quirky sense of humor um, our theology even though I'm a Wesleyan excuse me <laughs> even though I'm a Wesleyan and uh, Sal is a uh, a Calvinist uh, you know one of those reformed guys <laughs> but um, uh, that our theology is pretty in line with one another in terms of, of how we operate as, as clergy so it just makes sense that we're doing this podcast uh, In that even though there are some theological differences between a Calvinist and a uh, now I guess see how this tab works is this it right here Oh, cool! Even though there is some differences between, um, a pot, you know, between our theology, and uh, I'm doing the cardinal sin of uh, he's not recycling. I'm not recycling. I can't figure it out. Um, so, uh, and it was burning my hands, hence the let it cool hence off. Hence the let it cool down. <laughs> <out. laughs> there we go. Um, so, yes, um, we. Boy, this is really dis- disheveled. So we basically said that there couldn't be a better uh, thing for us to do than to come from our different perspectives, and to you'll see, I think, throughout the podcast that we are really coming from different places, and uh, but yet we arrive at the same we arrive at the same basic foundational understanding of who God is, mm-hmm. uh, which is love and grace and compassion and mercy and justice. Yes. Um, and that nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Um, we both
0: have a love for that, that scripture passage from Romans. Uh, I always tell tell Todd that if you really read that passage, you'd be a Calvinist. Indeed.
1: Uh, Indeed. But, uh, I'm going to fill it up.
0: And Todd always says if you had read that passage, you'd be a Wesleyan. So we have enough, enough reverence for each other's theology that we... Uh, We can appreciate each other and know that we're um, coming to the same conclusion, just via different methodologies. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, And so I guess we can uh, talk about uh, our... um, We can talk about our how we got into ministry, how we got into uh, our perspective, theological understandings and pathways. Mm
0: -hmm. I can start. Kind of have to do a life history to do, to do this a little bit. Um, As a young, young kid, uh, my family did have the opportunity to go overseas. Uh, Dad was in the maritime industry Uh, which required um, for us to go overseas um, to Japan. Um, My dad was there to oversee the construction of a a refrigerated cargo ship. So we lived in uh, southern Japan um, in a town called Sasebo, which had a Navy base. Um, So at an early age, my parents really... um, never forced religion on me. Uh, We always joke that they they never baptized me. Uh, My Roman Catholic grandparents probably dunked me in the sink uh, because they worried about me. Uh, But my parents themselves never chose to uh, push a religion on me. Um, But I was exposed at an early age to the Shinto shrines of Japan. Shinto. 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 Uh, which is a, a part of uh, Zen Buddhism. Uh, well, Shinto is a slightly different religion than Shin, uh, Zen Buddhism. But at any rate, I was exposed to the, to the shrines. Um, my parents were good friends with the Navy chaplain on the Navy base, so we would occasionally go to services. Uh, then as we grew up and returned to the States, my folks never really again said, you know, if you want to go to church, we'll help you find one, but we're not gonna make you. Uh, And then they decided, you know what, you're going to a Catholic high school. Uh, So Catholic high school, uh, at the same time, my friend was going to confirmation class in the local Presbyterian church. So I joined him for that. Um, I ended up getting confirmed, he did not. Uh, I was baptized at the same time I was confirmed at 14 as a Presbyterian. Uh, while I was going to Catholic high school. Uh, so was influenced by, obviously, the Catholic theology courses that I had to take in high school and confirmation classes in the Presbyterian Church. Um, my first year of college, I was at a school that I thought I was supposed to be at, It's um, where my dad went to school. Love the school. It was a maritime academy, so I loved the cadet system. But the academics just were not me. I'm I'm not a mathematical thinker. So, um, halfway through the school year, I called my parents and said, "I I need to drop out. I don't belong here." Mm. And my parents said, "No, no, no. Finish out the year. Finish out the year." And I said, "No, I don't belong here. I need to go into ministry." And that, like my to my parents, that came out of left field. Like I didn't even really fully know what that meant i just said i need to be in ministry hmm. and uh i was doing navy rotc at the time and uh so when the the lieutenant asked me when i was leaving uh what i wanted to do i t- and <clears throat> this is at 18 mind you he said i said well i want to come back in five years as your chaplain hmm. uh, wow so obviously somehow that relationship with the navy chaplain influenced my thinking hmm. uh so, I went to, went to Presbyterian Seminary, and as I studied Calvin and Reformed theology, and how Calvin really uh, expanded on the work of Augustine and uh, the work of John Knox and all the Reformers and Martin Luther, I really found that um, I love the liturgy of the Catholic Church. Uh, I wasn't quite there theologically. I had an appreciation for it, but I just wasn't there. And I think the uh, the, the reformed theology really kind of met me where I was. Mm. And, it, uh, and then later on, after seminary, the life struggles that I went through with divorce and all that stuff, uh, sort of the self-reflection and looking at myself. The no nope. Calvin's understanding of God and how God uh, operates. God's grace works. I'm a Calvinist now. Now, I know there's a lot of folks out there that are Calvinist and pretty like diehard Calvinists, and there's new neo Calvinists, and there's folks like John Piper who are super Calvinist, but when you actually look at their theology, they're not Calvinist, not Calvinists. they're <laughs> Baptist, but they agree with one or two points of Calvinism. Um, I agree with pretty much all of Calvinism. Um,
1: well, and we know that you were predestined to do that. So, and and and, uh, and that 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 tulip is irresistible, right? It Isn't is. that part of the? Uh... I
0: always <laughs> say, stop and
1: smell the tulip. Stop and smell the tulips. Um, okay, yeah. And he, here's kind of, this is going to be a funny intersecting story. So uh, I don't know about funny, but it, it, it intersects. So I. Well, I, I think I gave this away when I said that I used to use my mom's eight-track tower as a pulpit. Um, I think from a very from from a very young age, I felt the call of God on my life. Um, I knew that Jesus taught us to love one another, that Jesus taught us not to judge. Jesus taught us to forgive. And, uh, you know, I preach, God says love one another from that pulpit. Or when we were going inside, my mom was angry because... Um, because people were throwing mud, uh, at the, at the brick, uh, uh, wall outside the apartment, uh, I'd say, mom, forgive them. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be angry with them, mom. Um, or when they kicked my, uh, my mom, I was really sick and my mom made a snowman outside the window and they kicked it down and it really frustrated my mom. They're just being kids. They didn't know whose snowman that was. And so I said, mom, forgive them. They don't know what they were doing. And, um, you know, so like I always had that sense of a call and I would say, uh, but, and I was baptized Methodist, go figure. I was baptized Methodist. Um, but then we, when I was five years old, we lived in Persephone at the time. When I was five years old, we moved up to Franklin, uh, which is in Sussex County, uh, the most totally tubular County of New Jersey. Um, you most, you?
0: It's the most beautiful, at least. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally beautiful. Um, and when Action Park was here, it was definitely tubular. No, uh, <laughs>
0: tubular rug burns and, <laughs> and concrete. Burns.
1: Yeah, go see the movie Action Point. It's based on Action it's based Park. On Action uh, so, uh, so anyway, I so when we moved to Franklin, we lived right down the street, like. Uh, th- two-minute walk to the Presbyterian Church, First Presbyterian Church of Franklin.
0: I was about a five-minute walk from the Presbyterian
1: Church. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, shout out to our uh, respective Presbyterian churches. Um, And so, uh, and actually, uh, the First Presbyterian Church of Franklin has a pretty tubular uh, pastor there right now. I got to meet her. So, Um, but anyway, uh, I get sidetracked so easily. So, I grew up in the Presbyterian Church because my dad's motto was, "If we don't have to, dr- if we don't have to drive to church, why would we?" <laughs> so not we, a bad not a bad thing, right? So so he so we grew up in the Presbyterian Church, <laughs> and at ten years old, the pastor that was retiring there at the time uh, actually uh, handed me his entire commentary, and uh, and uh, actually. I'll have to take a picture of this too. We're gonna have a lot of pictures. It's gonna be a picture display. Uh, so he totally gave me uh, his entire uh, commentary, Matthew Henry commentary and the pulpit commentary with his name engraved on it from when he was in cemetery, uh, cemetery. Sem- Oh, that was a Freudian slip. That was such a Freudian slip. <laughs> it reminds me of a story. Yeah, it, it reminds me of a story, too. And I disagree with people calling it that. But anyway, um, when I was in seminary, not at the cemetery, but when I was in seminary, uh, or when he was in seminary, he had gotten this entire collection of commentary, had his name en- engraved in it. And uh, so as he was retiring, he pulled my mom and I aside. And, and I remember we were in a study, and he's like, I would like to give this to you to hold for this boy because I believe Todd is going to be a pastor someday. And so I've always had that throughout my my journey. And and actually, it was at that time that I realized it wasn't just me. Like, other people saw that God were, was calling me. Yeah, it was the affirmation. And, and I always envisioned that I would one day be a Presbyterian minister, because that was what I knew as the church I grew up in. Well, needless to say, uh, and I'll skip all of the the gritty details, but I left the church over time when I was a teenager, um, got bitter with the church, uh, went on, did my own hocus pocus kind of thing. And, uh, (laughs) Sal gets the reference. Um, so, so I did my own, my own thing. And then, um, and then, around 2004 I came back to Christ for 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 various reasons maybe sometime later I'll get into it but um I, I came back to Christ and found my way into a Methodist church and there's a couple of reasons for that one during that period that I wasn't uh I didn't consider myself Christian um I met my wife and we dated for some time and then I got engaged and we got married and the church that there was no way I was going to become Roman Catholic. That's what she grew up as. There was no way I was converting to Roman Catholicism at the time. So I was like, if we're going to do it in a church, we're going to do it in a church that doesn't make me convert. And so we happened to find a Methodist church and the pastor was willing to marry us. So I got married in a Methodist church. And then, uh, and then one day I went to visit, uh, when we came back to Christ, I went to visit uh, my mom's home church, uh, Grace United (laughs) Methodist Church in Dover and uh and the pastor there uh was a uh, reverend randall bean and he was preaching on the prodigal son and the message was titled coming home mm-hmm. and i'm like okay god uh i i think i know who this one's directed at um and, and i is said your to heart m- strangely warmed? my heart was strangely warmed indeed uh it, not just my heart but every cockle inside of it <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um so, so I, uh, I, yeah, I felt the strange, warm, tingly feeling and, uh, said to my mom, it would be really nice if I had a church like this around me. And she's like, well, and I was living in Vernon at the time. She's like, well, isn't there a Vernon United Methodist Church? And I said, I don't know. And I looked it up and sure enough, there was, and that's how I got back into, uh, Methodism. And, But for me on a whole, going through seminary and learning Wesleyan theology, this is what I always appreciated about it. The assurance that God loves you and that you are welcome and that you are home. And I remember saying to the pastor at the time, man, I feel like every time I come to this church, I feel like I'm coming home. And she said to me, pastor Pat Westover, she was a wonderful, she was a saint. She was a wonderful lady. She's no longer with us, but, um, She said to me, good, that's exactly how it should feel. Like you're coming home. And, and that's the essence of Wesley, right? Here's this guy who struggled with, with in similar ways to Luther, struggled with his salvation. You know, like he thought he was, he thought he was saved. He thought he was all that in a bag of chips. Uh, There's another (laughs) eighties, nineties reference. Um, But he thought he was all that in a bag of chips, and he discovered that he wasn't quite as sure he was saved as 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 he uh, as he thought. And then one day he was uh, listening to somebody read um, Martin Luther's uh, commentary uh, or introduction to the uh, the Epistle of the Romans, uh, talking about how we're saved by grace through faith, and it just his heart was strangely warmed, and he just. Uh, realized, oh my goodness. I am sure I'm saved. I'm assured that I'm saved. That it's not that he knows he's saved, but he's he's got that assurance that God is giving him, and that just exploded into the entire Methodist movement, which was big on social justice. And I'm big on social justice. So like there, there's a lot about the Wesleyan theology, and especially the understanding of grace. And Wesley did this wonderful thing, or really annoying thing, depending on what your perspective is. But he did this wonderful thing of taking grace and 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 kind of expanding upon what grace is. He came up with this almost this Trinitarian view of grace where you have prevenient grace. Uh, and and prevenient grace, of course, is the grace that comes before our knowing God because God, ha- God is grace and God is love. So God's grace brings us into a knowledge of God and a knowledge of our sin and our, a knowledge of our need for God. And that leads us to the Son, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, we experience justifying grace where we're no longer uh, uh, dying in our sins, but we've been justified and made righteous. And, uh, and then that leads us leads us into the beginning of the new life as a new creature in Christ, which is sanctifying grace, where the Holy Spirit is within us and perfecting us and leading us onward to perfection. And when you become a Methodist minister, they ask, do you believe that uh, you are being led to perfection? And the answer is, I do, with all my heart. Um, And then they ask, do you believe you will be perfected one day in this life and the answer is yes i do it's not that i necessarily will be perfected in this life but the belief that god can and will and is working perfection in you and leading you to christian perfection to that place where you can then enter into the kingdom of heaven and god says to you well done Good, Good and faithful servant, yeah. So I just love that three, that three tiered uh, view of grace. And of course, Wesley wasn't saying there's three different graces. It's all of God's grace. Just like there aren't, there are three different persons in the Trinity, but all three are God as a whole. It's, it's kind of, I, I just love that. Yeah. So, so that's, that's it.
0: <clears throat> so now we can see that Todd's a preacher. Um, <laughs> now that I'm off my soapbox and pulpit, <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm a chaplain. Um, I like to listen Ooh, to people. Tim Hortons, good. Tim, it's good. Oh, it's it? good. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, good. I've got you hooked. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I, from a, from my my understanding of Calvinism and uh, sort of that same great understanding of grace, um, knowing that um, God in the Trinity through the Holy Spirit uh, regenerates you and brings you. To completion, mm. um, knowing that uh, once the Holy Spirit has brought you to completion to Christ, that you are you are righteous, not righteous, but you are you are saved through that grace. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, my understanding is that that is what we cling to as Calvinists is that God's sovereign grace allows us to rest in the fact that we are His and that. Um, we are his elect. Uh, whether
1: we are or not, we never really know. because a Calvinist never knows. <laughs> <We> never know. <laughs> always, and we really don't know. I mean, all really jokes don't. aside,
0: we really it. don't. And I, might you know, when I was in seminary, my dad used to always ask me, "Well, how do you know that you're elect?" And I would say, "I don't. I trust. I trust in yeah. the grace of God, and I live my life as if I am elect."
1: Right. That's why Wesley called it. Um, I mean, it's a little different, but Wesley called it assurance. You know, you have the assurance that God has saved you. Um, does that mean I know with all of my being and with all of my mind and intellect and have the full perception of God that I am? Right. No, but my hope is in God who is grace and God who never lets us down. And I have the peace that passes all understanding because God is grace. Is grace.
0: Yep. We uh, we Calvinists call that the pers- uh, perseverance of the saints, mm-hmm. that assurance that we are saved by God's grace.
1: And, and I think that where Wesleyan and Calvinism may may kind of fork off here on this is it's I don't think it's in the the whole of it. Uh, because I think we both come to this place of assurance that we're saved. I don't, I don't think John Calvin thought he was going to hell, um, <laughs> you know. But, you know, he was trying to keep the humility component that we're not God. We don't determine who goes to heaven or hell. We can't even judge if we are, let alone if anybody else is. That's that's kind of the gist <laughs> of what he was saying. And I don't think there's any Christian alive who, can, um, who would deny that. Uh, with that said, uh, I think what Wesley was doing um, is he was saying— okay uh so you've become saved you've you've entered this thing called regeneration but is that the end like okay praise god i said the sinner's prayer and now i'm saved now i can go out drink you know drink uh, uh margaritas throw motliff cocktails and all's all's well that ends well and what wesley said no that's not the end of the journey that's the beginning that's when your life really starts and then the holy spirit is continually at work through you in you and through you and i don't think calvin would deny that no calvin would i think agreeing would say that uh
0: you know the the idea of the the perseverance of the saints of being you know once sa- you know the joke is once saved always saved <laughs> as opposed to wesleyan we used to joke that the, the wesleyans were could lose their salvation when us calvinists were saved so we're always saved um, <laughs> The idea is well. That's that's our trust is that we, once we're saved, we're always saved, and that's our understanding of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. But the idea is that, um, and this kind of goes into the idea of the election, that once that regeneration happens, the work of the Holy Spirit makes it so that you it's you have to respond, and you have to glorify. You are led to glorify God to give to and to seek righteousness through Jesus Christ mm. um, because you are relying on that work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus to lead you to righteousness but you um,
1: yeah, you know what I kind of see in this actually? I see the Calvinist way as almost the Pauline uh, conversion on the road to Damascus. Like yeah. like before you were not saved and then bam, there's a light in the road, you're blinded, and now all of a sudden you're the elect and it's it's all straightforward from there. <laughs> yep. You know, and the Wesleyan way is more like the way of Jacob where um yeah, we're we're kind of always loved by God and God's grace was always there with us, but we sometimes choose to do our own thing, which gets us a little off of God's path. So so this idea of losing uh, losing uh, salvation is not so much that, that God pulled salvation away, but we can backslide. We can fall away from our faith. I did. I had strong faith as a kid, and then as a teenager, I fell away. And yet God's grace was still there with me. Uh, God's grace was still there with me, and then I chose uh, another Wesleyan concept. I chose to respond to God again and and God accepted me back so so i th- I love I love that as well because that, that really gives me hope for my life that at these moments where I'm down and low and not doing what I ought to do um, that that God is always there I may not be choosing God in that moment, but God is choosing me right. yeah
0: I think we can agree on the God choosing us part wow. <laughs> but I, I like I like your your thought on the Pauline approach, and, yeah. Because in my and um, my faith journey, I couldn't help but to respond. Mm. At eighteen, I said, "No, I need to go into ministry." Mm-hmm. My parents said, um, "No, finish the year, we'll, we'll see once you finish." No, I have to go into ministry. Mm. I had to respond to that moment where I felt the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it is very much Paul, I think, after his Damascus Road experience, very much said, Wow, God loves me. All right, we're off. This is what we got to do. Yeah. Realizing, and you look at Paul, Paul realized he really did not deserve the love of God. Oh, no. (laughs) So, but he, despite that, he received it and he responded
1: yeah and 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 so, in the Bible, even we see these examples of different ways of understanding and responding to god 's grace uh, so if If the Bible can be uh, harmonized in that way, I think a Calvinist and a Wesleyan can be harmonized in that we both have responded to god 's grace, and even as much as I chose not to for a time, I still wasn 't able to resist. <laughs> god's call in the end i mean that and and maybe part of that was uh, a, a time for me to step outside the box learn other things and be formed in different ways and then to come back to god uh ready to do ministry i, I do believe that god does um well ne- god never thrusts bad bad things upon us that we do that to ourselves but but god has a funny way of working through those things uh to bring you into salvation and to bring you back onto the path so Anyway, um, so I guess we can we can wrap this up uh, for now. Uh, it has been I, I could go on talking all day. Uh, I, I enjoy doing this uh, with Sal.
0: That's right. Todd could go on talking all day. <laughs>
1: and we, and uh, I just wanted to say because I forgot to say it earlier, and I like this. Uh, but we are sitting on top. We are sitting on top of a mountain of coffee. Just a couple of Joe drinkers who have a thing for John. Party on.
0: Party on, John.
1: Party on John. So uh it has been rocking to have you here. Uh it has been most excellent and uh to have you uh tuning in and listening to this. We are so excited to be bringing this to you. Uh the Party on John cast uh it will uh come about uh anytime we're inspired to record stuff. Yep.
0: We uh we we hope to be I hope that this will be a somewhat regular Mm-hmm. uh podcast um we weren't were we are not going to really have uh i know with todd with his other podcast is released every sunday it kind of cor- coincides with his sermon series mm-hmm. uh that's how he gets his sermons out and then when we felt the inspiration to do a special a special episode we did one so that's kind of gonna kind of be the uh how we do this you know when we we have the time and the inspiration to record an episode we will absolutely and, um
1: yeah, and then we'll have, uh, I'm sure we'll have special guests. I'm sure we'll still cross over and do living water, t- you know, life giving water type things, but this is going to be its own podcast and it's going to be regular. It yep. will. It will be regular. Um, Just like a healthy person who eats good fiber. And, or who drinks, <laughs> drinks lots of coffee. Or drinks lots of coffee. Yes, that'll make you regular and ongoing. Um,
0: but yeah, so as we figure out topics and themes and episodes we'll, uh, we'll approach them and uh, if you like what we're doing and like the idea send us some suggestions and
1: yeah, and and uh, we're actually I think what we're gonna do I, I've been meaning might as well discuss this now. Uh, see, you're all included in our <laughs> in our thought process here. But uh, I think we'll set up a Facebook page uh, for Party on John and and maybe a Twitter account and uh, yeah. So uh, when we do have that set up, we will get that information to you. We would love to hear from you uh, to hear your thoughts and your uh, and your suggestions and uh, you know uh anything. You know, even if you if you disagree on a point, you can share that with us. Be nice. Call us heretics if you like. Todd's used to that. <laughs> yes, I am I am forever that was preordained by God, <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> Although I recently was called a heretic on Twitter, so it's all good. You
1: know, the second you branch off into social media, you heretic's probably the least of the worst things you're gonna be called, so uh but yeah, so uh I think this is going to be awesome and I hope that you're in for the ride whether it be in a phone booth or in a car to Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. Most Excellent Theophilus Rock on
0: Rock on and May this podcast not be
1: bogus It will not be bogus but it will be a journey excellent. <laughs> Most excellent So party on Party on John Party on John Till next time Peace Peace